It's been a tough year. Famine and disease. Political strife. Security barricades have apparently been breached outside the Capitol building. Economic hardships. Natural disasters. It's been a tough, hard, relentless year. But the challenges of today do not define us. We know the glorious and victorious ending to the grand narrative that transcends the earth, all time, all things. The loudest voices may take the day, but the meek shall inherit the earth. Disease and pandemic may ravage, but he will wipe away every tear. Lockdowns and travel bans may ensue, but his purposes cannot be thwarted. Men and women may fail, morally, spiritually, miserably, but the light overcomes the darkness. The heartbeat of God's people is the vision he's given us in Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb hear the echoes of the saints who have gone before us the giants whose shoulders we now stand upon it's a groundswell of ascent a solidarity born of one accord a consensus worthy of pursuit we are united for the sake of this cause to see the world transformed by the gospel. The name of Jesus proclaimed in every corner of the earth. We will not let the hands, the voice, the lies of a defeated enemy divide us. Together, we will advance the kingdom of God. We give ourselves to this mission every day.
Good morning and welcome. I hope everyone had a, a happy Thanksgiving. If you're a student, I hope you enjoyed your your week of, of no classes and um, enjoy the day because you start back um, tomorrow. It's hard to believe if you think about it. You know, we finished Thanksgiving and there's only four more weeks and it will already be Christmas. And we uh, took opportunity to decorate our, our home Friday and I noticed there's lots of Christmas lights already out in the neighborhoods, and it's always a wonderful time to to celebrate and to get ready for the joy that is Christmas. And Christmas also means that it's time for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We watched the, the video earlier that gave us just a picture of that vision and revelation of people from every tribe and nation and tongue gathered around the throne singing praise to God. And the work of the International Mission Board is to take the good news of the gospel literally to the ends of the earth to make the name of Jesus known and to give as many people as possible the opportunity to respond and receive the free gift of salvation. If you didn't get, grab one of these pamphlets, um, I encourage you to do They're on the table that has a blue tablecloth out there. Um, today starts the week of prayer for international missions, and this is a very useful prayer guide that you can use for the coming week and the weeks to come to pray for, for God's work literally around the world. And connection with that, we always collect an offering, we set a goal, and our goal this year for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is $5,000, and every bit of that money goes to support um, mission work around the world, and just like it, it says on the cover of the pamphlet here, together we transform lives through prayer, so literally for over um, 100 years, the Baptist churches have been cooperating together to support mission work. Um, in many places around the world. And so grab a prayer guide and also grab an envelope. And as you pray and the Lord directs and give to that great work of sharing the gospel around the world. Well, we're glad that you're, you're here this morning. You've joined us for, for worship. If you're visiting, I mean, if you're a first-time visitor, we're, we're glad you're here. If you're visiting for the second time or more than that, or if you're a member, we're also glad to have you here. And I just want to point out a couple of things before we read from Psalm 100 together. The first thing is you may have seen a little tan card that looks just like this. We call it a connect card. It's a great way to share information with the church or to find out information from the church. And so if you just jot your name on there and how the best way to contact you is, whether it's phone or, or email, and if you have a question, just write that on the front, or there's also some boxes to check. And then on the back side, there is something that we can pray with you about. Um, we, uh, we enjoy the privilege of joining together in prayer. We share these um, as a... And we're able um, to our prayer email so, so that others can join and pray. So if there's something we can pray for you or with you about, just write that on this card. And then in a few moments, we're going to pass an offering play around. You can drop it um, inside. Just also, please um, note on there if you'd like us to, if it's okay to share that over email, let us know. If not, there's a box to mark also for that. Um, let me just tell you, you may notice in front there is a beautiful arrangement of white and red roses. Um, that is in celebration of um, Andy and Nita's 67th anniversary. And so they are celebrating 67 years of God's 
crazy. And if you know much about Andy and Nita, um, I think this is the 67th anniversary of their first anniversary because you can truly tell um, when they look at each other that they, they love each other. And so Andy and Nita, in the world that we live in, we, we thank you and we thank others for the faithfulness to marriage and the commitment to one another and honoring the Lord. And so um, we wish you a happy anniversary and we look forward to, to more years um, celebrating together. Just let me know one more thing. We will resume our normal Wednesday activity. So that means um, 11 o'clock is the adult Bible study. So if you have opportunity, you can come enjoy a, a free lunch along with Bible study and singing and, and prayer. And then on Wednesday evenings, our students meet at 6 o'clock. And we gather for prayer meeting at 6.30 here at the church. And so those things will work. Um, we'll start back as normal this week, so be sure to take advantage of those if you have opportunity. Um, I want us to read from Psalm 100 this morning, and then after I, I read, um, Anna's going to share a poem with us this morning that um, Mel Rodriguez um, penned. So let's read Psalm 100 together. There's only five verses, and let this speak to our hearts as we prepare to worship. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness. To all generations. This is thank you, Lord, by Mel Rodriguez. Thank you, Lord, for that. For that when God turned his face, you so willingly took my place. Thank you, Lord, that you died on the tree, and through your death I am truly set free. Thank you, Lord, that you suffered at all costs, and with you in my life I will never be lost. Thank you, Lord, that you love me before birth, and when you look at me, you see me with words. Thank you, Lord, for you have a plan, and for the guidance that you bring with your gentle hand. Thank you, Lord, that you see all my tears, and bring comfort to all my fears. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that you bring, and of that hope I love to sing. Thank you, Lord, for preparing a place where one day we shall meet face to face. Lord, we pray as we give thanks to God. Lord Jesus, we, we do thank you for your sacrifice, and we thank you that there are more things for us to give thanks for than we can even remember in our minds, and we are grateful and we're thankful. Thankful that we could gather here today with friends, with family, with brothers and sisters in Jesus. And Lord, we ask this morning that you would help us to, to worship you. As we read in the Psalms, that we would enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise, and we would give thanks to you and bless you. Help us to see that you are good, that your love endures forever, and that your faithfulness extends to all generations. As we reflect on the truth that you are Lord over all, Lord, we draw our attention toward Jesus, your Son, the one whom you have given the name above all names. And we thank you that in a world that is full of confusion, darkness, of evil, of violence, there is a king who reigns, and he
he is the king of righteousness, the king of peace. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the lighthouse that shines in our darkness. Lord, help us to see you high and lifted up and to worship you with glad hearts. Lord, help us to be transformed more in the likeness of your son Jesus by the truth of your word and the power of your spirit. And Lord, as we go from this place in less than an hour, that as your people transformed and empowered by your spirit, that we would shout out from the rooftops and sing on the streets the goodness of the Lord and the great salvation that he longs to bring. Lord, we thank you for the gift of, of life, the gift of being here this morning, for meeting our needs out of your glorious riches. And God, while we can never begin to repay you for what you've done for us, we thank you that we have opportunity as a part of our worship to give our offerings and our tithes to you. And we ask this morning that you would take those, that you would multiply them, you would use them for your work around the world through the International Mission Board, here in the United States, through the North American Missions in Texas, through Texas Baptist, and here in our church. And Lord, help us to give generously because you have given generously to us. We thank you. We offer this time to you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
which had not benefited those devoted to him. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. Verse 12. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, let, then let us continually offer uh, a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and share to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Let me pause and pray with me. God, thank you this morning that we have this opportunity together to study your word. We ask that you help us to have insight into what it says by your Holy Spirit, that you would help me to speak your words and your truth. You would open our hearts and open our ears to hear what you have for us today. And we thank you for that. We trust you're going to do it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I think we would all admit that praising God is easy when everything is going well. It just comes naturally. Something exciting happens. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And we're filled with joy and excitement. We enjoy God's presence. And we sense just a little bit of what we are created for. To worship and adore our Creator. But I think we could be just as honest and say that things are a little different when they're not going as well. You get up in the morning, you're ready to go to work, and you put the key in the ignition, and you turn the ignition, and it just goes, rrr, rrr, rrr. Praise the Lord is probably not the first thing that will come to your remembrance when you wake up and something hurts that didn't hurt when you went to sleep the night before. It's a little bit of a challenge to give glory to God because things that bring us sorrow, things that make us worry, sometimes in our life replace joy and excitement. Other times we feel like the whole world is against us. And it's hard to start praising God. But in those situations, we're going to see that if we offer what the writer of Hebrews calls a sacrifice of praise, we find out that it's worth it. Because praise not only gives glory to God, it lifts up our hearts. It pushes away evil, and it declares our trust in God and our confidence in His name. And so I hope we see in our time this morning that in good times... And in bad times, the sacrifice of praise honors the Lord. And it doesn't matter whether it's easy or difficult. When we give praise to God, we fulfill our purpose. In fact, it's what God created us for. And I want us to see the main truth that when we are, that we are created for relationship with God and to offer Him praise. And so this morning we'll look at the sacrifice of praise and then how our lips and our lives offer praise 
to God. So first thing we need to see is that we offer the sacrifice of praise. Now, if your mind thinks like mine, you wonder probably, how can praise be a sacrifice? I thought sacrifice was going out and gathering an animal, you know, a sheep, a lamb, and sacrificing that lamb. You know, something has to to die and something needs to, to be burned up. Well, first of all, let's just take a second and think about what the word sacrifice means. I found a helpful definition from Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel out in California. He just gives us this definition. Sacrifice is giving something that is valuable to me for someone else. When you have one candy bar and you break it in half and share half with a friend, in a sense that's a sacrifice. When mom and dad go without new clothes or a nicer car for the benefit of their children, that's a sacrifice. Men and women who lay down their lives for others, whether they're in law enforcement or in our military, in a sense, that's a sacrifice. And they all point to the one who gave the greatest sacrifice, which is Jesus, who gave his life, which is of infinite value for you and me, who are sinners. And in appreciation for the sacrifice Jesus made for us, we offer to him the sacrifice of praise. Even when we don't want to, even when we don't feel like Now in the passage that we we read, we we find that it points to Jesus suffering outside the city walls of Jerusalem. You remember the story of his crucifixion that he was taken to the hill of Calvary or Golgotha, and that was outside the city walls of the old city of Jerusalem, because that's where executions were to take place. And outside those city walls, he was rejected, despised, and beaten. And he died on the cross. But God raised him up on the third day and gave him the name that is above all names. So in a place that is supposed to be despised, a place of rejection and shame, God did a wonderful work in securing salvation for all that will call in the name of the Lord Jesus. And because of that sacrifice, whether it's good times or bad times, whether it's joy or sorrow, pain or pleasure, we are called to raise up our voices in praise to the one who is worthy of our praise. And when we praise God when we don't necessarily feel like it or when it hurts, it shows that we have faith in what God's doing. When we say praise the Lord in the midst of unpleasant circumstances, it's a declaration of trust in the fact that God's working even when we can't see it. Now, let me go back a minute. When I started, I said, you go out in the morning and the morning and your vehicle doesn't start. Not many people say praise the Lord 
Georgia. Um, I have a friend who's a missionary in Honduras that had an old, beat-up, four-wheel drive truck that started less than 50% of the time. And regardless of whether it started and we moved or it cranked and we didn't, he gave praise and glory to God. Praise God. There was a reason that we were delayed those five or ten minutes while that old diesel truck waited to start. Or there was a purpose in it starting when we needed to depart. So we can give thanks in all circumstances. In fact, there's never a time that we aren't able to give praise to God. That's why in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes them and says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, it's not giving thanks for the circumstance, but it's giving thanks to God in the midst of that, trusting that He is able. Now, the writer in Hebrews helps us to see that when we offer praise to God, it's through Jesus. You notice verse 15 starts with that two words, through Him. It's a very powerful study as you go through the New Testament to see what happens because of Jesus through him, in him, for him. So Jesus died, and the writer of Hebrews will help us understand if you read the entire book, that he died as a once and forever sacrifice for sin. And through that sacrifice, he gained salvation for us, that by having, by grace through faith in Jesus, we could be saved. In fact, everything a Christian does for the glory of God is through Jesus. It's in his name, in his power, for his glory. And as we sing, when we sing to God, be the glory, if you remember that hymn, we come to God, we come to the Father through through Jesus, the Son. In fact, Hebrews tells us in verse chapter 10 that Jesus is the new and living way. That we have access to God through Jesus, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In Romans 11, Paul writes it this way, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So we praise God through Jesus. But he also lets us know that the sacrifice of praise should be continual. That we should offer ongoing praise to God because God is always holy, powerful, loving, good, and all the other adjectives you want to fill in there. There's never a time when God is not those things. And so it's always a time to bring Him praise. He is forever worthy, so our praise should forever be offered to God. So the praisers, we offer praise to God through Jesus. In fact, Psalm 34, when David wrote those words, he captures this idea when he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. See, because Jesus gave his life for us, he's always worthy of our praise. But we have to understand that praise is much more than words. Which brings us to the second point of our simple outline. Our lips and our lives offer praise to God. Another way of saying that is simply that we can praise God with what we do and 
what we say. In fact, we should do both. <laughs> what we do and what we say should bring praise to God. Now in the gospel, Jesus was careful to remind the disciples and those that were listening that the words that we speak reflect what's inside of our hearts. That what comes out of our mouth shows the condition of what's going on inside. So a selfish heart, we would think, would speak selfish words. An angry heart would speak angry words. But a thankful, joyful heart would speak words of thanksgiving and praise. And so this passage instructs us that the fruit of our lips should be praise. That the words that we speak come from what's going on on the inside of us. Now we've talked about several different times that at the point of salvation we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins the work inside of us, transforming us, shaping us little by little over time to be more and more like Jesus. And as we are transformed or we grow in Jesus, the Holy Spirit bears fruit in our lives. And that is fruit that is seen in the way that we look at, you know, in our actions, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But it's also expressed in our words, that our words are loving, that our Speech is filled with self-control, that we don't say things we shouldn't when we shouldn't. And when we speak, whether it's a deliberate praise to God or it's just general conversation, the words that we say should give glory to God. But it doesn't just stop there. So you can't say, well, I praise God with my voice, I sing. No, there, there needs to be more in our lives. Romans 12.1 tells us that we are called to be living sacrifices. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So we have the fruit of our lips, and then we have the living sacrifices that we are supposed to be. That through Jesus, there's that phrase again, we are given a new life, and when we have a new life, that means we have a new way to live. The old way is passed away, even though it still tries to come up and take control, and a new way has come. And we're called to no longer live like the world, but we're called to live a transformed life, a life that's totally different than anything that we can produce on our own. But the good news is we don't have to produce that. It's in the power of Christ in us through the Holy Spirit that we're made into the likeness of Christ, and it's all for the glory of God. And if you think about what it means to be a living sacrifice, it means to give God everything that you have, all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. You offer those things up to the Lord as an offering. It's 
just saying, God, I know I'm not much, but I'm yours. Use me for your purposes. It's recognizing that you are not your own, that you have been bought with a price, and that you trust God to help you to honor Him in everything you do and with what you say. But there's a third level of this. We use our speech. We have living sacrifices. But we can also praise the Lord by putting love into action. The writer of Hebrews is careful here because he talks about the fruit of our lips. But then he also shows action, things that we do that express our faith. Because love is something that takes action. Love takes initiative. It responds to God's love for us, our love. We love God because he loved us first. And then love reaches out to other people. And it's more than an emotion. It's more than a flutter in your heart. It's a commitment to honor and to trust. It's a commitment to see the value in a person because they're created in the image of God and to treat them in that way. And when we love others the way the Bible calls us to love, we worship the Lord. I don't think we think about that nearly enough. That in your family, husbands, when you love and honor and cherish your wife like Christ does the church, you are worshiping. When you share the, the sacredness of marriage and the beauty of intimacy, you are worshiping the Lord. Parents, when you don't get completely exasperated at your child for being disobedient, when you don't blow up when they make a mistake, when you train them up in the fear of the Lord, when you give them a hug, when you look them in the eyes and tell them that you love them and that they are created for a purpose, that's worship. Grandparents, when you have the grandkids over to your house for a meal, when you tell them you're proud of them, it's worship. When we say, thank you, you're welcome, yes ma'am, no ma'am, to the people that we come in contact with on a daily basis in businesses, we are worshiping the Lord. And when we do the little we can with what we have for the benefit of others, we worship the Lord. Look at verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now that phrase, do not neglect, has the meaning of forgetting. It's not even on your radar. You're not even thinking about it. And I think we can all relate to that. That we wake up in the morning and we go out into the world and serving other people and being kind is just not on our radar because there's so many other things we need to do. But we have a responsibility as followers of Jesus to, to do good, to 
to not ignore the responsibility, to not forget it. James tells us it's a sin to know what we should do and not to do it. Now we have to be careful to point out that it's not good deeds that save us or earn us God's favor. It never works that way. But our good deeds are an expression of gratitude, an offering to the Lord. And they point to the goodness in our lives that comes from Him. Remember when Jesus told those that were listening to let their lights shine before men, that they may see His, see their good works and glorify their Father in heaven. It's what we're talking about. It's doing those things for the glory of God. And then the other reminder in the verse is to share what you have. That idea there of of sharing what you have, it's the same word that we get the word fellowship for, or koinonia, the word partnership. means that we gladly and willingly share with others. Why do we respond generously? Because we are benefactors of the most beneficiaries of the most generous giver of all. God created you and me. He didn't have to create us, but he created us so that we could have a relationship with him. And then he gave his one and only son so that we could be saved. And he calls us to follow in his example. That if we have a relationship with God through Jesus, then through Jesus we should share with those around us. Now Charles Spurgeon, the great British pastor of the 1800s, um, just shares a few simple truths about being generous. And I think they're, they're worth noting. The first thing is don't wait to be asked. So that means be ready to be generous to others. And then the second thing, make the Lord's business your own. Now, there's certainly part of the Lord's business that we have no business being involved in. But I think he's mentioning the fact that in helping to meet the needs of others, that we should take that on ourselves. And then the last one, delight in sharing what you have with others. We should be cheerful givers. And when we begin to worship with our lips and with our lives, it honors the Lord. And in fact, the last phrase there says, such sacrifices are pleasing to God. You can read in the Old Testament about those sacrifices that were pleasing to God, about the, the fragrant aroma that was pleasing to the Lord. It reminds me of the fact that, you know, Jesus being God's son, is the only person that ever existed that perfectly satisfied God in every moment. Everything about Jesus was perfect. Everything about Jesus, how he spoke, how he acted, pleased God. But here's the encouragement. We're not perfect. But whatever we do, if it's through 
Christ, through him, it will be pleasing to God. So if it's in his power, his strength, his will, not our own, it pleases God. God delights, takes great joy in bringing the gift of salvation to men and women. And because of faith in Jesus, through Jesus, we have a personal relationship with God. That may be the most exciting message that we could ever well, it is the most exciting message we could ever talk about at any time as we get closer to Christmas. To think that God sent Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That God became personal so that we could have a personal relationship with Him. And through that relationship, we are given Jesus' perfect righteousness. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see our unrighteousness, but he sees the righteousness of Christ. But then he goes a step further and gives us the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us do the things that we can't do. And one of those things that he helps us to do is to be obedient. Obedience in the Christian life is not a dirty word. It shouldn't cause us to shake our heads or to worry. No, obedience should be the fruit of a a faithful life. And God takes great delight in obedience that's motivated by love. That when we're obedient for the right reasons, God takes great delight. When we speak and when we sing praises to God's name, He takes delight. When we go out and we tell The story of the good news of salvation in Jesus, God takes great delight. When we show his love to people by doing good deeds and being generous with what we have, God takes delight. You see, when we bring the sacrifice of praise to the Lord in the name of Jesus, God is pleased. When you offer your life as a living sacrifice, God is pleased. And when you love other people, not with your love, but with the love of Jesus, God is pleased. And when you live the way God created you to be, God is pleased. See, we're created for a relationship. A relationship with God and to offer Him praise. If you read through the book of Hebrews, you you find over and over and over again how Jesus is better. Jesus is better than everything. It talks about the old sacrificial system, and it reminds us that the Old Testament priests offered sacrifices day after day before the altar. And it tells us that those offerings could never take away sin. They could only cover it for a time. But Jesus died on the cross to be the once and for all sacrifice for our sin. No other sacrifice needs to be made. And he is both the the altar and the sacrifice. And when we come into God's presence through Jesus, we come through the new and living way that he established. The veil is torn and we have direct access to God through Jesus. It means we don't need a human priest to hear confession of our sins or to talk to God for us. We can tell God what we need. We can tell God that we are 
repentant of our sin, we can seek after him for forgiveness. And we can lift our voices to bring praise to God, that sacrifice of praise. And we can live a life to honor him as our king and to bless his name. I want to close just by reading some verses from Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. My hope is that we would continue to offer the sacrifice of praise through Jesus as we do good to others sharing what we have and bringing glory to his name. We pray with me. Oh Lord, we are grateful for how good you are to us. How while we are so undeserving that the one who is most deserving laid down his life. That he who is rich became poor so that we might become rich. And as we fight the daily battle of being content with what we have, of being thankful, of showing gratitude, Lord, help us to look and look again at our Lord and our Savior, to look to Jesus, that through him, we can offer a sacrifice of praise. You would help us to continue to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Help us to understand each day more and more what that means. And that we would love others. To do good. To share what we have. That we can bring Praise and honor to the one who's worthy. We thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. We thank you for the privilege of hearing it and the opportunity we have to respond to it and allow it to change us. We ask you to help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. As we get ready to, to sing, it's also a time to, to prepare to respond to the Lord for for you to listen to his voice and to simply to, to be obedient and do what he calls you um, to do. Maybe it's this morning, of all mornings, that you, you finally realized in your life that, that being, being a, a Christian or being a church member is, is not about just being here. It's not about following rules or being a good guy or being a, a nice lady, but it's about a relationship with, with Jesus that transformed your life. And if that's you today, it's not a call to be, it's not to embarrass you, it's not to do anything but offer you the greatest gift, the freedom that is in Christ, that we can stop living according to rules and start living a life that He wants us to do in a relationship. Or maybe it's a refresh, just to refresh your grateful heart. And you realize that maybe you haven't been so thankful in the times when things aren't going so well. 
that God can help you to fight the good fight and use praise and thanksgiving as a weapon to fight against the darkness. Or maybe you just need to keep on keeping on when you're thankful. And God will use you as an example to others to, to express thanks and to be an encouragement. Or maybe there's something you need to do. Some good you know to do for someone else or something you have to share. And maybe it's just time to step up and do what he's called you to do. I'm sure there are other needs, things you can pray for, things that God is working on in your heart. And it's also a time to come to the front and allow God to speak as you lay those at the altar before him. But I do invite you to stand um, together with me. I'll be at the front if you need someone to speak to and pray with. The worship team is going to lead us in. And singing, so let's stand and sing and as the Lord speaks.
So anyway, I hope to see you Saturday at noon. Sing your freedom, God. Blessing you. Yeah. 